Lee Arnold, welcoming you to our Country Music Conversations podcast. Our guests today are the Judds, who are the latest country music stars inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, Class of 2022. But before we start this conversation, here are a few words from our sponsor. Country Music Conversations with Lee Arnold's podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Marketsmith, Inc., the digital media agency that's been growing brands like Toomey, Shark Ninja, New Jersey Lottery, PSE&G, Blue Mercury Cosmetics, and Dick Sporting Goods. You know what makes this agency so good at what they do? Because simply being a marketing agency is no longer enough. Solution-based, problem-solving, and ever-evolving, they create enduring value for DTC and B2B brands by opening up and growing marketing channels. Their patented AI offerings, informed by human intelligence, allow them to act with agility and intellect. I was speaking with the CEO not too long ago, and she was saying they take on clients who know who they are, who want to grow, and clients that know what they want. These big brands choose MarketSmith because they want to merge with a partner who'll make them exceptional and an agency that will grow their revenue. Digital marketing is not easy, but MarketSmith Inc. knows when to make the media dollars work hard for their clients. You have a brand you want to grow? Well, contact MarketSmith.com and tell them Lee Arnold sent you. If there ever was a Cinderella story, Naomi and Winona personify it 100%. However, it came at a heavy price. Sadly, as everyone knows, Naomi died on April 30th. It was a devastating loss to her family, friends, and her fans. The timing couldn't have been more dramatic. Losing her life one day before their induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame. The Judds were one of the most successful duos in country music history when you consider their recording career was only about eight years. They released six studio albums in that time period. They won five Grammy Awards for Best Country Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal and nine Country Music Association Awards. They also charted more than 20 singles on the Billboard Hot Country charts, including 14 that went to number one. After performing eight years as a duo, they disbanded in 1991 after Naomi was diagnosed with hepatitis C. I was at that historic press conference at the offices of RCA in Nashville when she made that historic announcement. Winona then went on her own as a solo act and had great success as she racked up four number one hits and several top ten hits between 1992 and 2004. Winona and Naomi reunited for a performance at the Super Bowl XXVIII halftime show, and then, on December 31, 1991, they once again appeared with Sister Ashley for a one-time performance in Phoenix, Arizona. In 2008, they gave a concert at the Stagecoach Festival in Indio, California, and a couple of shows in Canada. In February of 2010, they got together and recorded a studio album 
for the final time and went out on an 18-city tour, which was called the Last Encore Tour. Now, that same year, they appeared on Oprah discussing Naomi's recent weight loss and what it was like going back on the road and performing. They signed with Oprah to do a reality show, which aired in 2011 on Oprah's network. And that series followed them on their final concert tour and explored the mother-daughter relationship. In October 2017, at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, they once again appeared on stage for the final concert in honor of Kenny Rogers, along with several of his friends. Their final performance together took place at the 2022 CMT Music Awards. They performed Love Can Build a Bridge. That performance marked the Judd's first nationally televised award show performance in more than 20 years. On April 11, 2022, the Judd's The Final Tour was announced with special guest star Martina McBride. And despite Naomi's death, Winona announced the tour would take place in October, featuring special guests Ashley McBride, Faith Hill, Brandy Carlisle, Little Big Town, and Trisha Yearwood. I consider the Judds not just superstars, but very dear friends as well. We had many conversations, both on and off mic. I also treasure the letters and memorabilia that Naomi sent me over the years. Our conversations today with the Judds will consist of interviews from 1984, 1986, and 1988. We'll begin with the first time I interviewed them on October 8, 1984. They had just won their first award from the CMA. It was called the Horizon Award. They were honored for being the act with the most promise. We are sitting with the winners of the Horizon Award, two lovely people who I have, I have looked forward to meeting for a long time and finally had the pleasure of saying hello to and congratulating both Naomi and Winona. These are the judges. Winona, congratulations. This is one of the happiest days of our entire life. Well, we're delighted for, for you. You said Winona. I'm Winona, the daughter. <laughs> you know, that's always the problem. You're Winona. Did I say Winona? I meant Naomi. She just made my day. Oh, gosh. Forgive me, Naomi. I'm sorry. And you had your glasses on. I mean, there's like... There's no excuses yeah, for that. I mean, that's a, a real gold carrot compliment there. Thank you. You're welcome. But congratulations, Naomi, on the award. Wow. I mean, last night was just incredible. Yeah. What went through your mind? I love the expression you use, slap the dog and... Slap the dog and spit in the fire. You can tell I didn't have anything planned. I mean, I I wanted to see the playback because I couldn't remember what I'd said, you know? That's an old saying back home in Kentucky. It's just real spontaneous, unconscious, you know? It's kind of like gee willikers or... Golly bumps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Winona, how did you feel when that happened last night? What went through your mind when they said the winners for the Horizon Award are the judges? Well, first of all, we were prepared just to go and sit there and clap and smile. And I had already decided once we found out we were nominated that just to be nominated was an honor because we're so new to this business and we were against some heavy competition. And uh, I was just talking to Tammy Wynette downstairs, and she said that she'd been rooting for us and everything. And last night I remember her looking down and just smiling when they said the Judds, and everything really went blurry. I thought, 
I have to get up on stage and and not lose it and you know stand before about uh, thousands of people and and express my thanks. It was really tough because I'd never done anything like that before. I was in complete shock. Um, we're in big trouble now. Our lives have changed. Um, the schedule has changed. We are, are now getting ready to come to New York, which we've never been, I think, because of the Horizon War. So it's opened all kinds of doors. I'm thrilled. Weird thrill for you, and I think everybody in country music is thrilled. Everybody was written for both of you. Yours was, as I mentioned last night on the post-award show, the Cinderella story of country music this year. Who would believe that mm -hmm. two people with just a couple of records to their credit over a period of a year would, would capture the hearts and the lives and, and everybody's feelings in country music as you two have. Uh, when I think about it, it, it's kind of interesting because your story is one of those things that would make an incredible television play or even a, a theatrical release. It'd make a great soap opera. <laughs> it really would. Life is a soap opera, I suppose, but in your instance, how you were discovered or how your record contract came about, which everybody strives for to get right. Mm -hmm. How do you become, how do people hear if you don't have a record contract? Tell the story, Naomi. Well, I was, I was going to say, one of the, a journalist here in Nashville, Tennessee, who knows us personally, and uh, I mean, he really knows us. He, he said in print in a, an article that our story was stranger than publicity. I think that's one of my favorite quotes, you know. But we started singing together at Poem in Kentucky uh, around the supper table in the evenings about seven years ago, just purely for entertainment and diversion because. Uh, this is hard to believe, folks in New York, but we did not have a TV or a telephone for about a year and a half. We lived on a mountaintop about 20 miles from the nearest little old town, which was 6,000. So uh, it just snowballed after that. We uh, learned more songs. We're having so much fun at it that uh, when she got out of high school two years ago, we said, well... Slap the dog, spit in the fire. <laughs> we said, uh, let's get our ducks in a row and go after this. You had an audition with the president of, or the uh, the director of, actually, the, is it Joe the president? Let me get this president. right. Oh, right. Okay. Said, yeah. right. You guys had a meeting and a live audition with the vice president and chief honcho of RCA Records in Nashville, Joe Galanti, and they dragged you two in. What happened, uh, March 2nd, 1983, <laughs> 6 o'clock p.m., the series of events that happened, we, we got to RCA on, an, on a live audition basis. We, we did an audition for Woody Bowles and Ken Stiltz, our, now our managers. We did a live audition um, for Dick uh, Whitehouse of Curb Records out in L.A., and then we went to RCA in front of uh, the hierarchy at RCA and sat down just with the guitar and the two voices and... Um, Got signed right after that. It was it, we shook we shook on it. It was decided, and then of course the lawyers were brought in afterwards. But it was really special because it was it was personal, and it 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 was completely opposite of the way that people normally these days make deals. Were you uh, nervous? Ah, you know, if I had really known, we were so ignorant. If I had really known the importance of that moment, I probably would not have been able to open my mouth. They probably wouldn't have been able to get me inside that building. But uh, we didn't know from nothing. I mean, we didn't have an 8 by 10 We didn't have, uh, uh, we'd never been in a, well, we hadn't recorded, you know, really. We hadn't done anything. I met my producer, met our producer when I took care of his daughter in a little old country hospital in Franklin, Tennessee. He's really, Winona forgot to mention him because uh, she kind of, we kind of take it for granted. He's really the one who discovered us, Brent Mayer. Oh, Brent, of course, well-known <clears throat> songwriter and uh -huh. producer here in Nashville having worked with Randy Goodrum for a number of years. Yeah. Brent, uh, we were asked last night if we could 
you know, name one person, it's impossible. Reba McIntyre was the one of my favorite speeches because she said if we had to get everybody up on stage, we couldn't fit them all. Because there are so many people you want to thank. But without the music, without the direction of the sound, we would we would not be here. And Brent has played a major role along with Don Potter. Don Potter also helps produce plays on our records and has a tremendous and major talent that he has applied to the Jets. And it's just been very special that we have both of them. The first record you had created a little bit of a stir in attention in the country mm-hmm. music world. It was called Had a Dream. Our first single went top 20. Mm. What was the feeling when you recorded it? Well, you know, like I said, we were ignorant. Uh, we went in the studio, and it's kind of like, what's a microphone, Mom? You know, and I remember Brent had to keep telling me I love to dance, and I, I, I couldn't remember to be stationary. You know, this microphone had to stay in one place, and I did too. We just had a ball. We did what came naturally and uh, just let it flow. And then here, months later, when it's all pressed and out in the stores, we find out that, uh, to our amazement and delight, uh, people are enjoying what we had had so much fun creating. There's a certain magic with the second song, which became the number one favorite, which catapulted you from <laughs> from just two new country singers to stars overnight. A song was written by a very dear friend of mine who I've known in Nashville for a number of years, so I met even before I wrote a song called Behind Closed Doors. Uh, and you know who we're talking yeah, about. exactly. Well, without him, we wouldn't have the song, but the reason I'm very pleased that this song uh, went number one because of all the songs on the album, that song I really identify with, and it's something that I can relate myself doing, going to Mother and saying, Mom, I've, you know, I've fallen in love. And it's a very personal and from-the-heart song because it's uh, it's me. And every time we sing it, it still gives me goosebumps because it's such a special song. There's got to be special significance for you too, Naomi, for Kenny O'Dell's song, Mama, He's yeah. Crazy. Uh, Juanetta was sort of an unusual kid. She had music take the place of uh, crushes. You know, she just is 20 years old. And she just recently had her has her first boyfriend. She was content to stay home on Saturday night and listen to the Grand Ole Opry or do something with uh, the family. We lived out in the country. But she... Uh, uh, is a very sweet, old-fashioned girl. You know, I'm just so extremely proud of her. And this song is a real treasure to us because it's uh, become a reality. <laughs> the new one, very interesting, too. <laughs> Why not me? Yeah, we're real proud of that song. we got a new album coming out in October on RCA. And we feel like big girls now. We've got ten cuts. No more mini-LPs. Right. You're in the big leagues. Huh? Well, Why Not Me was written by Sonny Throckmorton, who we all know is just a fabulous writer. Harlan Howard, uh, whom we met, I guess it was about a year ago, year and a half, two years ago, um, became a very wonderful, dear friend of ours and has written music for us. And that's what's been nice is the, the guys that have written for us have become friends. And they understand us. It took them a while. We got a lot of tapes from a lot of songwriters, and they were just you know pretty average country songs. And I think that when they heard our sound, they all wrote tailor-made for us, so we're so excited about this album. The Sound of the Judds, did that come naturally, just from sitting around and, and singing together after supper or diversion, as you said, over the seven years, or was there something else besides that? No, it's just plain old us. Uh, we have a real varied musical background as far as listening goes. You know, Ronona was exposed, I love the big band sound. I liked uh, the Boswell sisters, the Andrew sisters, Les Paul and Mary Ford. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, you know, she'd go to Slammer Party and they'd say, well, Nana, bring your pillow, don't bring your records, honey. Oh, okay. Because I had, uh, well, well, we grew up on bluegrass and gospel. 
But uh, she she liked Bonnie Raitt, Amy Lou Harris, and Joni Mitchell and all. So somehow we took that crazy quilt, and by the time uh, we tried to sing ourselves, it just came out via the Judds. That's great. Uh, you had a very interesting life as a single parent raising raising Winona, Naomi. <laughs> Must have been very difficult, because I know for a time you, you were a nurse. Uh, do you still have the nursing license? Oh, sure. I worked... The last time I worked as an RN was uh, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in January of 1984. So, I, yeah. In fact, I miss the girls. I send them postcards from the road and all. And you lived in all kinds of places. You were originally from Kentucky. You lived in California for a while. We went out to Hollyweird for eight years. The left coast? Yes. Oh, I haven't heard that. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did you like... That must have been kind of a strange situation, being thrown from either Kentucky out to California. That had to be a culture shock, Winona. Well, yes and no, because I appreciate Kentucky so much more now because I've lived in Hollywood. I've experienced both worlds. I've lived with, uh, we had three televisions in Hollywood, and we went to no television. And living out there, and we, we travel out there occasionally, and I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not starstruck when I go out there. It's really nice because I, I take Kentucky, a little piece of it, with me everywhere I go, and I'm able to go to these big cities and always want to return back home. So it's nice that, that I've had, uh, as far as the music goes, I've, I've had a lot of different musical influences because out in the West Coast, you've got the Bonnie Raitts, and then, you know, back home, we've got bluegrass. So thank God for both, both worlds. You've got the best of both worlds. You have an incredible sound together. You are mother and daughter. Uh, probably even more important than that, you are very dear friends, I assume. Yeah. But but working on the road, and there comes a time when even singing partners, as close as they may be, have their differences. Mm -hmm. And particularly being two females and two ladies and mother and daughter. With red hair. With red hair. Here comes the big question. Okay, give me the big answer. <laughs> uh, it's, it's wonderful. It is... Uh, it's the most fun I've ever had in my whole life. But uh, sometimes I want to say, stop the bus and put this kid off. You know, she's getting on my nerves. It's very trifling. It's uh, Trifling? Yes. Good we, answer. We have uh, been getting fan mail from mother daughters saying, you guys are an inspiration. But then again. Trifling? <laughs> it's all right. She's entitled. I guess that's a why-known word. <laughs> it's... Um, First of all, we're family, and when you're working with someone, you know, who's your blood and you're very close to, it's difficult sometimes to let go, but um, for the most part, we get along, but when we fight, buddy, do we fight? I mean, we're normal. We, we fight just like everybody else does. Does she approve of your, your, your boyfriends now that you've reached the point that you are going out and you're dating Winona? I have to say that I'm very proud of this, this gentleman that I've... Uh, I went to school with him in high school, and he's dear. He's very, comes from a very good Christian family, and uh, ask, ask mom. You know, I just figured out what she's, she, are you, were you trying to say our relationship sometimes is trying? Hey, there's a generation gap here. Not too much of a gap, but there is a gap. But it's all right. Trifling to her, trying to you. What difference does it make? As long as you sing well together and you're happy, that's the main thing in life, right? What things are you looking forward to in the next year? What would you like to see happen with the Judds, Winona, Naomi? Oh, we're having so much fun uh, putting together uh, a stage show. You know, we've got a band. You, you know, people don't know that we went in the studio and we cut the, this record. You know, these songs came out. and We didn't have a band. We'd never played in front of, uh, uh, we'd never done a club or anything in our whole lives. So this was our first tour. We just came home after a six weeks tour. 
So we're brand new. We're enjoying uh, going out and putting together a, a live show and getting to know our band and uh, traveling across the United States. We're going to get to come to New York. Good. We're looking forward to having you. And your dreams for the next year. Why not? Well, I want to work very closely with the people with, that I love. Brent Mayer has become a very dear dear person to both of our lives. And I want to grow in my music. I'm looking very much forward to um, to just developing my, my uh, finding out, you know, my talents in this, in this business. I want to do a whole lot more. I want to, I want to be very happy. I think, um, sometimes people make excuses for being in this business to do wrong. You know, they get into drugs or whatever, but I'm really looking forward to trying, uh, my challenge is to keep myself as, as happy and positive and, uh, good, you know, a good content person as I can be. That I'm looking forward to. I'm also looking forward to um, recording a lot more. I love to be in the studio because that's the one place that I can be central and just completely create and, and be myself. So I've got a lot of good things to look forward to. And I know we'll, we're going to hear them all, right? Oh, do you have something? Mother's going to have something? We're nodding our heads. See, oh. we still forget. You know, right. we're doing it right This is radio. <laughs> we can just keep nodding, Naomi. It's all right. I understand it. So does the audience. It's, it's fine. I, I know it was a, a very trying night last night, a very exhilarating night, but also a very tiresome night because you've been up doing interviews, talking to a thousand and one people you've never known before and probably cherishing each and every word, but uh, not really appreciating because you're too tired to, to enjoy it at this point. But nevertheless, uh, uh, all the very best to you. Congratulations once again, and good luck on the new album, the new single. Uh, you are both a delight, and we are delighted to have the chance to talk to you today. Well, we're real excited about getting to come to New York. We're bringing our camera, and we want to find out if if it's everything we've heard there are big buildings there naomi i want to warn you uh-uh do they have do they have soup beans or grits in new york uh, they have uh do we have grits in new york pam <laughs> yeah we have grits pam will attest that i'm coming okay you've got it we got southern cooking any type you want even texas cooking california whatever you like but thanks again why not naomi the judds all right the judds naomi and winona from 1984 Next, a conversation in 1986. Winona is now 21 years old, and as we listen in, they both wax sentimental about their latest number one hit, Grandpa, Tell Me About the Good Old Days. A year it's been, or what a few months or a few weeks it's been since the last time we spoke. What a life. We have been out there on life's highways. Right now, your current favorite, Grandpa, Tell Me About the Good Old Days, has reached the magic circle. Mm, Number boy. one. <laughs> Is my grandfather happy? <laughs> well, we talked a long time ago. That was a very special song. In fact, you just completed the album at the time, and I, I asked you, Wynonna, what was one of your particular favorites. You said, look out for that song called Grandpa, Tell Me About the Good Old Days, because it has a very special meaning, I guess, for both you and everybody who listens to it, because grandpas and grandmas are so special. Not only that, but it's one of those songs that kind of paints a picture in saying, I can just see people sitting and listening to that song and painting the picture of what their grandfather's memories were. Mm. And uh, like I've said, we believe in family. And that's one of those songs that every time we do it in concert, it just gets more and more special because people really can identify with that song. It's a very identifiable song. And uh, certainly one of our favorites. You know, Lee, I remember the first time that we ever did the song. We debuted it. Uh, we were working with Haggard for mm. a week. We opened for more Haggard out at uh, Caesar's Palace in Vegas. And Winona had flown her grandparents in for the show. I mean, oh. can, you, can you imagine oh. the Judds opening at Caesar's Palace? It was like, 
I wanted to hide all my egg, egg money. Saved all my egg money. <laughs> yeah, it was right before Christmas, so that it was her uh, Christmas gift to her grandparents. And I'll never forget, man, opening night. And I knew that they were sitting at a table right front row center. And I thought, we will never make it through this song if we look at them, because I know it's going to be so emotional. And out of the corner of my eye, though, I could see her grandpa's hand, you know, going up and down to his eyes <laughs> with the handkerchief. Somehow we, we started and stopped together. But We do pass out Kleenex before that <laughs> song in the show. I get shivers just no, thinking seriously, about that. Seriously, it's really it's very special. That's what a, what a wonderful moment that must have been. How's the personal life now? I know... Uh, it's been written, we've read stories about you, Naomi, and Winona, about romantic life and stuff. I mean, all is not show business. You know, you got to work, but there's also got to be time for a little bit, of, little bit of play here and there. And I know that you mentioned the fact that you said that you'd like to meet people, but people feel that you're unapproachable as far as men are concerned. They're afraid to come up to you and say hi or whatever. Let's dispel that myth right here and now, okay? Okay. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Set the record straight. I want to know... I mean, this, I've thought about this, and I get more love letters that are through a friend of a friend of a friend. I guess it's because mom stands behind me with a big skillet. I don't know mm -hmm. what it is, but guys don't have the guts to approach me. I guess because they've got to deal with mom right <laughs> away or else. No, I don't know what it is. I guess it's um, they see us on TV and assume that we are from another planet or something, that we don't go out on normal dates and... Uh, I just don't understand that because we are all American, you know, people. I mean, I enjoy... What, what's your idea of the perfect guy? What do you look for? The perfect guy? Yeah. Does he breathe and walk? <laughs> Can he? Oh, <laughs> mama. <laughs> um, what qualities do you look for in a man? Well, he has to, uh, Be he very has patient. to have a real strong <laughs> sense of masculinity, you know. Um, I like a man. I, I'm so old-fashioned, I guess. I was brought up... Uh, when men were men, you know, and women had the female roles. and uh, We have to keep Mama in her room when we go to Texas, <laughs> for instance. I think that's cowboys. the... Uh, yeah. You go for cowboys? I like cowboys. I like guys that aren't afraid to get their hands dirty. Farmers, uh, guys that, uh, you know, don't... Uh, don't wear chains and hairspray. But she does not like guys with all that calluses on their than... knuckles. Okay. <laughs> You're like a real down-to-earth, nitty-gritty cowboy. Yeah. We're, know, we're talking that, real man here. It appreciates a homemade meal, doesn't have to go out, and um, I hate the word party, you know, or boogie at night. That wants to just sit home around the fire and, uh, um, you know, I like to scratch a man's back and sew the buttons <laughs> on his shirt Mom. and go to movies and go for moonlight rides in the country. And, That's fantastic. How much bigger can their career get from here on in? I mean, you've probably done it. You've realized probably every conceivable dream that two people as a duo, mother and daughter, whether or sisters or whatever, mm -hmm. could ever hope to realize. Mm -hmm. The Grammys, the awards, the notoriety, the celebrity. Uh, we haven't been on Letterman yet. Oh, oh, that, We're that's... trying to teach Loretta Lynn her puppy stupid pet tricks so we can get on the show. That's a sore point with you. We talked about that before. Oh. <laughs> but conceive you've been on every other TV yeah, show. Yeah, he won't let us on the show because he says we're too nice. We're not controversial, so... Uh... We're going to... Little uh, does he know. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to beat each other senseless and write <laughs> to him from prison. You know, there was a thing. I read several articles, and, and I kind of keep track of what's going on in country. or try to about my favorite people, which you are two of. And there was a 
article you did with Newsweek a few months back, in which you were, I think, out in L.A. at the time, where you lived for a while. And uh, you were in a hotel room, I guess, ready to either shoot part of a video or something. And you, you kind of glanced at the mirror and then looked out the window. And one of the quotes you said was, we really pulled it off. Uh, that could be taken, I guess, several ways. Uh, pulled it off in the sense of it really happened for us. All these dreams have been realized. Or this has been a scam all along and we didn't realize it was really going to mm -hmm. happen. What did you really mean by that? You're talking about a quote of mine yeah. that was in Time magazine. Yeah, because you were, oh, it was Time, not Newsweek. Yeah. You were looking out the window and you said, that's where I used to live exactly. and the church was over there, right? West We Island. had been uh, on the road. We pulled into Los Angeles like late on a Saturday night in a limousine. Mm -hmm. And RCA put us up at this, you know, real swank French hotel. I looked out my patio window uh, and saw the old house that we used to live in when I was out there, a young divorcee who'd never worked with, you know, a baby on each hip. And then all of a sudden, here we are, 15 years later, uh, out in Hollywood to do a video for RCA Records. And I just couldn't believe the incredible things that had gone on mm. that had happened to us and I was thinking back how how desperately poor we were and how hard it was during those early days and I thought man we pulled ourselves out of it you but really did I when I what I perceive we pulled it off to be is that first of all when we went into the studio to record our first album we had no idea first of all if the audience out there that listened to country music would accept us we had no idea that our songs would be number one on radio. So in a sense, um, Judd Music was kind of left field to us. We knew that we were unique. We knew our sound was different. So I guess when I think of that line, I think, yeah, we did pull it off because Judd Music was accepted. And we did get it. We have gotten away with some things that people might be afraid to do. We've done songs that maybe no one else would do because they might not think it's commercial enough, as they say, which frustrates me. That makes me want to even become more left field. So there have been some things that, yes, we have gotten away with. We've been able to really go into some situations that a lot of people would be afraid to go into. You've hung together so closely because of your family ties, because of the way you feel about no, each other. No, because we're joined at the lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the best reason of all. Yeah. Is there anything down the road that you could say, why not, that you would like to do something solo as a solo album someday? I would like to be like on roller derby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. No, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, people ask me that. The people want to know if uh, I plan on, um, you know, doing a doing my own thing. I think that's the beauty of what we're doing. Sure, we could both be probably miserable and apart, and uh, you know, separated. But all I can think about is how, what a great thing it was. Believe it or not, yes, mother, I am going to say this: that it has been a blessing having her along. Nine times out of ten. The positive outweighs the negative. Sure, you know, she makes me want to, like, get a second job sometimes. Or, you know, it's sometimes hard to get through the day. But the majority of the time, it's really wonderful that we're together. And we will continue to stay together. I mean, we'll be together always. And we'll have music always. That's great. Yeah. That's beautiful to hear. Because in many times, in many groups, there's always been times when one partner splits to go on to do bigger and better things. That's the difference between a family. And, right. and, you know, friends getting together and forming a group. That's one thing that's never been a problem with us. We don't worry about that, and we, we take care of each other and look out for each other. What would your definition of class be, Naomi? Class? Yeah. Um, 
class, class and style are, are, are two different words. You know, you can definitely have style without having any class. To me, class is having respect for, uh, for other people's human dignity. It's, um, class takes a certain amount of uh, innate common sense and intelligence. Something beautiful about the Judd's music is the fact that you've combined traditional country with contemporary country. You've taken the roots music and presented it in your own way, much mm -hmm. the same way as Ricky Skaggs has done with bluegrass. And there's kind of a nice balance there. Are you happy to see new acts doing the same thing? There's Dwight Yoakam and Randy mm -hmm. Travis on one side, T. Graham Brown and Billy oh, Joe yeah. Royal coming back on the other. I think Mom and I both represent two generations. I mean, I represent, of course, the, the, the new... Uh, music of today in a sense that I love it too and she represents maybe a little bit more of the um, you know the old-fashioned but I think what's great is that we've been able to bring them together and we both love I love the big band sound man I love the old music I love Hank Williams and and all that music it's kind of becoming lost when you said Dwight Yoakam I'm really proud to say that good for him because they're, they're it's kind of a dying breed mm. whereas she can bring a little bit of the uh, in other words we've taken care of both both sides. Mm. And don't forget uh, the Don Potter's jazz background. You know, he was on the road with Chuck Mangione for 10 years out there. And I think his uh, incredible signature licks and the, the jazz influence that he throws in, it's such a crazy quilt of combinations. There's an amazing chemistry that you guys have with uh, Don Potter, who's your band leader and guitarist, oh, yeah. who really was originally with you at the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. Don has gone way beyond the call of duty. When he first became our guitar player, of course, he applied his incredible talent to our sound. And not only that, but Don was uh, with us when we first started out on the road, which thank God for him, because he really stepped out of, uh, I think, his musician situation to become our spiritual mentor. I mean, there were there were nights when... It was really hard for Mom and I to, to get along and to realize that this was for real and that we were going to have to, to go for it because we were together 24 hours a day. So Don kind of stepped in and said, girls, quit fighting. You know, if we'd be fighting, he'd say, realize how blessed you are and how lucky. So he kind of, He'd say, know. children, obey your parents. And he'd look at me and he'd say, parents, provoke not thy children to wrath. <laughs> <laughs> and he also was a road manager. You know, back in those grassroots, I, I mean, I'm talking like the good old days. We're talking last year. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> 1985. We didn't have a road manager. And Don was the one that would say, uh, okay, girls, better grab a quick shower here in this truck stop. We got a five-hour jump to the next gig and we're barely going to make load in on, on time and stuff. He's such a veteran. Um, he he really was a cast of thousands. He did so much for us. And really, more actually, maybe the third judge, as you said in the album. Oh, definitely. He's family too. He mm -hmm. sure is. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know what I'd do without him really because he's helped me. Well, first of all, he led me to the Lord and and just in the, his beliefs of uh, you surround yourself with good people and make sure that you keep your, you know, you can be as rich and famous and still have good values. That's what a lot of people forget. You don't have to step down. You don't have to do drugs. You don't have to do all that. You can try to maintain some sort of sanity and be happy. What's your you know, worst which... habit? Shopping. <laughs> huh? Shopping. Really, Winona? That is the worst thing I've had to deal with. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, being poor for 20 years and all of a sudden being able to go out and shop for Christmas and buy everybody something really gave me... Uh, 
the impression that I could, you know, get away with it. And what I've had to realize is that, uh, you know, I want to buy a farm and I want to buy land, so I've had to start saving. It's been a, there are a lot of lessons, but I think that's really one that's been, that uh, I've been real appreciative of what we've got. But sometimes you, you get a little out of hand because we're on the road all the time and we go mauling like it's going out of style, you know. <laughs> Naomi, what's probably the toughest decision you ever had to make? Hmm. Oh, there there have been so many crossroads in my life because I think having well getting married and having to leave home when I was seventeen, I I really got thrown into uh, adulthood at an early age, and uh, I guess um, I guess the decision to leave Ashley with my mom this year, all the problems that uh, that I've been through with the other daughter about. Um, this career, you know, being out on the road 24 hours a day with Winona, and Ashley sees us in magazines and on the TV and listens to us on the radio. And um, she's a wonderful kid, and we've had to talk her and walk her through every stage of this. But I guess uh, if we hadn't been so close, this, would, this wouldn't work. But she knows that uh, she's got to finish her high school year. Is there... A plan in the distance besides modeling for Ashley or where she might join to become she a She is so gorgeous and so charming. I have a feeling that the camera is going to catch up with Ashley sooner or later. Um, the the movie camera, the the Ashley camera. is either going to be the first lady president or she's going to like own her own island. <laughs> Ash, no, I'm serious. Ashley is sixth in her class, I'm proud to say. And has, <coughs> excuse me, has about a 4.3 average. Wow. Which is an A plus because she's in all advanced classes. It's like a four something. Mm-hmm. So she's um, she's quite a kid. The relationship that you have is so well, as I said before, unique and special. That interesting. Really, interesting. <laughs> Aside from other adjectives, it Very is hilarious. <laughs> it's it's hysterical if you really want to know the truth, gang. Oh, sometimes it's real hysterical, like Technicolor. <laughs> Naomi, what do you what do you want for Winona? I want her to be a happy, successful human being. And when I say successful, I mean successful in that, uh, you know, happiness is not at the end of the road. It's all along the way. And I just want Winona, whether she owns a laundromat, whether she uh, uh, stays in the music business forever, I just want her to enjoy what she's doing, to have the respect of people around her and... uh, and mind you. <laughs> Why not? What do you want from mom? What's Some, your... It's it's real hard sometimes to to really be serious, but this is one thing that I've really seemed to really sit back and go. This is really groovy. For well, since I was a kid, I mean, I've seen her struggle and work two jobs and sacrifice, maybe going out on dates and being able to, you know, be be the woman. Um, without having to take us along kind of thing. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting back and watching my mother, who, by the way, has her second wind. <laughs> and, no, it's really great to see her going out and getting a 53 Cadillac, you know, being able to buy a condominium that she can walk from room to room and it's the same temperature, and we don't have to haul wood and go without running water because the pipes freeze every winter. It's really wonderful to sit back and realize that I was at least some small part of it because I think as a child we all are scarred maybe in a sense by early things. The fact that she had me so young. I mean, I kept her probably from doing some things. So it's nice. It's kind of like a repayment in terms of, hey, I'm, I'm, 
I want to give a little to you what you've given to me. So it's just nice to sit back and see that. You wow, suffered this, so much. This is pretty neat. I'm yeah. learning about my kids. Isn't that great? You know, interviews have saved us. Interviews have been therapeutic. It's like we don't have to go out and get a psychiatrist because we could sit and talk to you and work out. And Mom will come to me and say, "I didn't know you had you felt that way, or you know that you you're that good of a person." (laughs) So many people, really, so many people in this business who are successful in country music and music in general, Mm -hmm. stars, quote unquote, have had meager beginnings and had Mm -hmm. very difficult times, and then success comes. Some handle it in one way. Others mm-hmm. handle it in another. Mm-hmm. It depends on the person. And along the way, you'll learn how to handle it by it's means funny, of experience. You don't but, hear about the bankers, you know, and the, and the nine-to-five people that it happens to daily. Boy, they, they sure pick on us a lot. People are always asking us, um, you know, is that around? Do you have to deal with drugs and things? And we say no because uh, that's just not in our, you know, in our list of... Naomi, you had to really bear the burden for all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting married at an early age, having Winona being divorced, handling things on your own, being a single parent, Mm -hmm. very difficult. Is there any bitterness towards all the hardships in the past? No, no. Uh, My mama, who is probably, well, you know, you never outgrow your need for your mom. Uh, My mother, to me, is still my biggest inspiration. She is heck of a neat lady. Uh, She's an adorable little red-headed lady up in Ashland, Kentucky, that I love never her she calls me sweet lips. To, she never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> My mama taught me a long time ago that he who looks back with regret dies of remorse. And there's not a darn thing you can do about what happened yesterday except to just pull yourself up by the bootstraps, learn from it, and go forward. Um, I think that the hardships that Winona and Ashley and I have had, um, you know, when I used to lay awake at night crying, wondering how I was going to pay the rent, you know, and we've literally had the sheriff come and say, I hate to do this, but, you know, you've got three days to come up with the back rent or you're out. Those times uh, were really blessings in disguise. And by the way, it's going to make a great movie. (laughs) You know, you're you're kidding about this. But there is a movie here. Ah, But we're too busy living our lives to be. It's so funny because, as a matter of fact, someone did approach us and say, we want to do a movie, and we were like, "Wait a minute, we're this is the biggest soap opera of the universe, and we're <laughs> too busy why, living it." When you know? we lived in Hollywood all those years, you know, and I was working two and three jobs at a time, and didn't have a car, had to take the kids to the doctor on the bus, on the city bus, and all. Mm-hmm. I look back on those days, and the reason that I never wanted to be an actress was because my own life was so interesting to me. I, it never occurred to me to want to play somebody else, and I could write my own script. I wasn't about to follow somebody else's uh, say-so. Right now, you've toured with almost everybody in the business, having started out a couple of years ago. You've opened for Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson, The Oaks, Ricky Skaggs, uh, Don Williams, and on and on and on. All of these people, before you made it, I assume were heroes of yours, being country artists or being aspiring country artists. What kind of lessons, standing in the wings, did you pick up? That's one thing that, I guess as a 21-year-old, and seeing things from my perspective, was that you can imagine, though, of course, I thought at one time that Merle Haggard invented country music because he was like the first, one of the first I heard in country music. 
And here I am, you know, 10, 15 years later, working with him. It was real heavy because I realized that, first of all, he's a real person and he's had tragedies too. So it's been a real learning experience for me, getting to know these people as people and listening to their advice, which we have welcomed. We ask for the advice. We don't, I mean, we have been treated very, very wonderfully. I'll tell you what, country music, there's nothing like it because the people are good. We all sit around and really root for each other. It's really amazing, but that's the truth. It's just, a family. You know, just like the Barbara Mandrell mm -hmm. thing, she's going back out on the road and everybody's showing up to, to pay their you know, respects to her because it's just like a family. It sounds corny, but... So they've given us some real good advice. George Jones took us on his bus when we worked with him, and he said, Winona, he said, first of all, I want to tell you girls I really like what you're doing. You know, and that I was, yo, right Lord. And he sat us down and said, uh, you know why I like it? Because it's, it's you know, simple and it's you. And I hate to say it, but don't go changing type thing. He said, I am what I am. And that's why I love people like George Jones. His music has stayed the way, you know, through all these years of change. It's honest and it's real. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you something real specific about Haggard. And he ha always has been and always will be one of my favorites. But Haggard's oh. a very unhappy man. Merle has a, a lot of problems. Uh, I don't think it's any secret to anybody. Um, We've all had. He's a very, very um, depressed man. And the thing that I've learned from him is that you have to have a rounded life. You know, you have to have relationships. You have to care and involve, get involved in things other than the music business. He stays on his bus. He does. He never leaves the motel room. He even gets room service. And when you're in a town, you got to get out and go see the Statue of Liberty in New York, you know? you got to go to the Cowboy Museum when you're in Oklahoma. You have to, you can't be so tunnel-visioned about your life. What I've learned about Conway is... But wait um, a minute, that's what makes Merle sing those lonesome songs the way he does. I mean, and I hate write to say that, but think of this, I mean, man, you, if you don't live the blues, how can you write about them and sing about them? So we all have our reasons for being the way that we are and true it, there are times when I've been disappointed or a little unsure of where someone's coming from but you know that's what makes him uh, sing the way he does I think and I think what uh, Conway told us was uh, very very important he said don't become celebrities he said be who you are and he said country music is a very very special thing. But I'm not going to drive a pacer. <laughs> he does. I'm sorry. That's I swear he does. He's got 20 <laughs> antique cars. Well, 19. Yeah. He just sold me his old 53 Cadillac. But Conway um, said, for instance, that song Linda, mm -hmm. uh, lying here with Linda on my mind, he's not about to tell us if that's a real song or not. Because uh, the reason that he's had more number one singles than anybody else in the history of the business is that he has remained Conway Twitty, the private man, and he allows that listener to use their imagination. The thing I've learned about Alabama is never get a room on the floor that they're on because the girls run up and down the hall all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we better stop. We're going to get in yeah, serious no. trouble if we keep this up. No, you're going to have a whole book to write here. <laughs> you have a whole new country book that'll be. Well, ask me after I share a dressing room with Dolly, and I'll tell you some more things. Well, what do you who do you consider sexy in the business, Naomi? Uh, Gary Morris is pretty easy to look at. He's about, a nice guy. How about TJ? TJ's a sweetheart. He's a nice guy. Uh, now, can we step outside of country and talk sure. about Huey? <laughs> oh, Huey, our, our main man, Huey Lewis, in the news. Yeah, yes. Someone said that T. Graham Brown sounds an awful lot like Huey Lewis. There's a lot of his uh, hmm. soul and feeling. And 
I Tell It Like It Used To Be, Yeah. his recent single. If you looked in the crystal ball right now, um, yeah. uh, you mean you mean a magic eight ball? <laughs> magic, magic eight ball <laughs> with crystal in it, and it said 1990. Mm. The Judds, Naomi and Winona. What would you like to see? Live and outrageous. <laughs> no, I'd like Let's to see. Uh, I'd like to see uh, our names on uh, some of the albums. We want to get into songwriting next. I think that's around the bend. You know, we were just talking about all the experiences that we've garnered these last two years on the road. Uh, I'm I about to bust. I see, like, Juddville. Or <laughs> <laughs> my own country or something. Judd dolls and <laughs> Judd lunchboxes and Juddorama. <laughs> no commercial, though. No, no commerciality. Just, yeah. just a couple of mementos, right? <laughs> that's right. Oh, who knows? That's what's so funny. People say... What are you planning on doing five years from now? And I sit here and go, mm. because I really don't. I mean, the past two years have been so phenomenal. I don't even want to think about the next five years because it just. It's enough it to handle what's happening. I mean, is there life on another planet or something? You just, uh, it's pretty phenomenal. You, you, you could sit around and start thinking. I mean, I know that I still want to be doing music. Two songs in the album which intrigue me right now called Cry Myself to Sleep. Boy, do I love yeah. the uh, 50s sound. That's a haunting song. Yeah. Ooh. Well, you know that uh, Paul Kennerly wrote that. That's right. Now, ask us why he's not giving these great songs to Emmy Lou. Why? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's so great is all these songwriters are friends of ours, personal friends of ours, and the family, of course, is growing, and we're honored by these people writing. Because Paul Kennerly is, first of all, you know, he's an Englishman, and he's kind of coming from a different perspective, which is really neat, because so are we. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to meet uh, left-field people that can maybe get on our same wavelength. And uh, Cry Myself Asleep is definitely one of And those are real hand claps. They mm -hmm. are. We all stood around, five of us, and clapped. So if you know the song, you know what I'm talking about. I sure do. <laughs> and everybody else does, too. <laughs> yeah. Rockin' with the Rhythm of the Rain, the title cut of the album. Isn't that a cute song? It really is. Our producer, Brent Mayer, uh, had something to do with that because he knows, you know, he was there at the old 130-year-old farmhouse uh, sitting on the front porch swing with us. We had a tin roof, and we'd sit there and listen to the to the uh, Yeah, the Mother done, Rain. <laughs> yeah, I've actually done that, so I know what he's saying. He writes, and, and our songs are just, we like to keep them, uh, of course, like I've said before, something that I can identify with. So all those songs are just real personal and uh, it's fun to do on stage, too. You know something? I, I could go on and on. And I, you're in New York, and you're getting ready to do uh, I'm missing a General Hospital. Days, and you're missing <laughs> your soap opera. There are places to go, people to see, things to do, and a people lot more. People to meet. A lot more people important. to go and places to meet. That's right. All right. Whatever. <laughs> but I want to thank you for stopping by, because it's always a delight to have you with us. And uh, I know of anybody who country music or people in country music love more. Naomi and Wynonna. Well, we know we flat out would not be here if it wasn't uh, for the fans out there. You know, I've said this before that every time we get one of those awards, we wish we had a million of them that they could just uh, make us a, a whole truckload so we could give them to, to everybody out there because they're the reason that we're doing this. They're what keeps us going. And it's nice to know that there's Judd music on the planet New York. <laughs> well, you were the ones that really were the fresh air, that breathed fresh air in the country music and turned things around about well, two just and a half to, years ago. You know, whatever it takes, I believe, because I think uh, country music deserves its place. And I think sometimes it's real 
frustrating to walk into a record store and see that country music is in the back. But if you'll notice, I think people are coming out of the closet. I think at, at the Grammys, people like Al Jarreau and the other people of the other musical worlds are coming up to us saying, you guys are all right, which really makes us feel good because we're just trying to let people know that, hey, country is hip, and uh, don't you forget it. Naomi Winona, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. It's thank great you. to see you, and good luck. The Judds from 1986. Our last conversation with the Judds on our show today took place in 1988 on their tour bus while they were getting ready to perform in Fort Laramie, Ohio. Fort Laramie, Ohio this weekend, and we are with our two favorite people in the whole wide world. And that only means the two people I'm with, namely the Judds, Winona and Naomi, in 104 degree weather. Why is it the summer always has to be hot wherever you play around the country? we got to do something. Can there be a, be a change in the weather somehow? Well, the, it's like the uniform is shorts and shirts that say the names of your favorite groups and funny hats that have logos and slogans on them. Are you making fun of me in the way I'm dressed? <laughs> is that a personal affront right here? I'm guilty as charged. How you doing, Wayne? Well, my philosophy, well, I guess the theme for this tour, we call it the Mud and Dust Tour. I guess right now it's How about the, the Dust gra Tour. The Grapes of Wrath Tour? Yeah, the Heat and Drought Tour. Yeah. And everywhere we've gone, we just finished playing up in North Dakota, and I hear that they're the worst in all the 50 states for drought. It's just really sad. We cover border to border and coast to coast, and Tennessee, of course, where we live, is one of the worst states for the drought. We're joking, but it's a serious situation. I mean, the wells are going dry in a lot of people's homes, and unless there's rain, we're we going to be... We were doing a, a show the other night in Nashville with Randy Travis, and I made a little comment prior to a song, and I said, you know, when y'all go home at night, pray for rain. And several people came up to me after the show thinking that I had said, pray for Randy. Yeah. <laughs> he really needs them, right? We all do. <laughs> well, I thought that was kind of funny. I think every girl prays for Randy every night. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good, Lee. Your first very own TV special has been completed. You've been guests on TV. Da -da. You've been guests on others, you know, the circus things and other than the Bob Hope stuff, but this is really uh, the stuff in Switzerland, but this is the first time you've done your very own TV special. Just completed a couple of months ago as we were talking. Who are going to be some of the special guests on it? The Judd Boys and our manager and our road manager. See, it's all in-house. We had Gary Morris, but, I mean, we're talking a hunk here, you know, personal friend of ours. Uh, no, what it is is just a judge off and on the stage. We finally decided, even though we were looking at doing a sitcom, we decided that in our hearts, we'd, we're just not actresses. We didn't want to do a, uh, a script. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to live a life that someone else thought we should. You know, And I've always said what we really do is better than anything they could write, anything they can dream of. The thing I'm most excited about is that I think everybody out there in radio and TV land is so used to seeing us together, of course. I mean, I can't go anywhere without somebody saying, where's your mother? And people literally think of us as two people all of the time. And I think what this special also included was the two of us separately. What Ron and Judd is, <laughs> is really like and what Naomi Judd is really like when we're the Judds as in professional, but then off stage, 
things that I mean this is very personal we it was funny because for the first three days the cameras were like up my nose and saying act natural and and after about three days I think it took me um, to really relax and forget they were there but they were with us a month and they literally got us I mean they got us at church they got us on the bus before the show they got us in just about every given situation that does occur on the road so we tried to be as natural as possible and make it really come across as real so it's not gussied up these are uh -huh. the Judds as it is, down that to the nitty-gritty. I, I really can honestly say that we wore very little makeup. We didn't try to, to make it seem like the Judds fantasy land. This is what it's like, you know. We tried to show both sides, the good part, the, the part that's really hard on the two of us. And, of course, we wanted to show the the audience, the fans, what, what exactly it is that makes us do what we do and lead such a weird life. They got us, for instance, in New York City when we had a full press day and had only had two hours sleep the night before. And then they got us, uh, I think my, probably my favorite scene, my, my favorite part of the whole documentary shoot was Mother's Day. We got to go to my little brother's church in Colesburg, Kentucky. He has this little white frame church on a one-lane road and on a good Sunday, maybe 30 people. And we had already... Uh, established this day as a family reunion day. My sister flew in from York, Pennsylvania. My mom was there, of course, the, the queen mother, Polly Rideout. And I'm glad that they got us full dimensional, you know, because there are a lot of sides to us that, that folks don't know exist. And they got Ashley. They got Ashley, who would, is basically talked about in interviews very little, but it really gave us a chance for people to see that they're there's more to the Judds than just the two of us that she's involved and you know and we're really excited about it because it's very positive it does it does put across a good message in that I mean we've struggled to make things the best that they can be and finally they're the times are here and how we're handling it sounds fun and it's gonna be on when November 25th on CBS and I know the guys are back in LA and the uh, CBS headquarters editing it right now, eating a lot of uh, fast foods and. <laughs> oh, we got a those... video out of it. Tell them about the video. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. give a little love. Oh yeah, well, your new single. Right. Yeah. They would uh, slip a mag. They had a, a camera load ready, and we were in all these different locations: Peoria, Illinois, the heartland of America, and Lake Tahoe, and um, just just everywhere uh, in America's backyard. And they had this one load of film that they would slip in and catch us singing, give a little love. So that's how we got our video. That's fabulous. It was great. We it's had a great way to do it. We kind of got two things done yeah. with one situation. Just for the price of one blessed dollar. <laughs> but on Step right CBS, up, folks. On this CBS special, what I was going to say is I know these guys are tearing their hair out because they said they got about a week's worth of footage on us. Mm -hmm. And that's real scary because we put our heart and souls into it, and now it's up to these guys to to hone it down to about 45 minutes when you get your commercials, your station breaks. So. And all the other good parts can be another special. I don't want them to end up in the cutting room floor. Well, they said they give us all the extra. Good. You know, it's going to be the ultimate home movie for us. Naomi, where did you get your sweet yet sometimes jaded sense of humor? You you are the queen of homilies of Naomi-isms, starting way back when with Slap the Dog and Spit on the Fire and the uh, acceptance speech at the CMA. Well, yesterday, we took a couple of days off and went home to Kentucky, and I was back in Louisa, Kentucky, where our home place is. I've been doing a genealogy. I've always sort of been the family historian. I believe in, you know, your roots and all that. It makes me feel better. And when I was back there, I was with my senior aunt, the oldest aunt, and 
picking everybody's brains. And I heard them say all these things that I've been saying, you know. I just bought some land, and I well, I said, how big is it? And it's over 200 acres. And I said, you know, if I want to go up to the main road and get the mail, I got to ride a pregnant mule, so I have a horse to ride back. <laughs> <laughs> and another one came to service. Yes. <laughs> I got a million of them. I got a million of them. Actually, Winona calls me the queen of everything. I kind of like that title. You really are. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. All the awards you've received are really a uh, reaffirmation of how the fans feel about both of you. Um, their love for you. Their respect for you. Awards, and you won so many so far in such a short amount of time. Do you have kind of a passe attitude towards them? Ah, well, another award show, so we're up for two. Well, you never forget your first one. I mean, I can honestly say that I'll never be able to, you know, you can't go backwards. You have to, that's why it's so important to really appreciate every moment and every situation that happens. To be honest with you, I guess the first two years, while on a Judd here, was pretty numb and really unaware, I think, of what was really going on. Mm -hmm. I think within the third and fourth year, I started, my eyes started focusing in on exactly why we're here. Well, every day I wonder that, really. But I think as time has gone on, Lee, I think the people have just made it more and more serious. It, it sounds corny, but it just seems like the more su successful we become, the more people we reach, the more response we get back, and that makes us feel very responsible. I mean, you don't know what it's like to get a letter from a girl who says, because of your music, I literally made it through a time in my life that I thought I wouldn't make it through if it hadn't been for country music and, and things that are positive in your in your music. So with that, I have to say that it's become more of a responsibility. It means a lot more, you know. Yeah, your motivation sort of shifts around in the beginning, and we wanted to not make fools of ourselves. <laughs> we wanted to be able to, to finish a show without, you know, falling off the stage into the front row and all that. And now uh, our motivation is to be the best that we can be and to, uh, to try and live up to the expectation that, our, that each and every fan has of us. And I will say this too, I, don't, I know for me that by winning these awards, I think by human contact, by the one-on-one -on -one in a truck stop when someone says, I would give anything to be doing what you're doing. If it wasn't for people giving you that response, we would be in our own world and yes, we would probably take it for granted. Oh, lot. it keeps everything fresh. You know, every night Everybody is a totally the back. Different. We never know how the audience is going to react or respond. We don't know. See, we were just talking before we started the interview, you know, about how different the venues are. Here we are, people with their RVs and their coolers, they've been camping out, and you see the little grills going. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll be in a, in a sold-out 10,000-seater coliseum where we're in a dinner theater. And every single night is just a brand-new experience. You never, get, you never get tired of that pat on the back. What's been the best part of the past four Alice in Wonderland years? Golly, I, I personally would have, well, I, I'm the happiest of right now that I've ever been in my whole life. And I'm really hanging on to every second of all this because things do change. And things, I mean, we're all healthy right now. We just spent three days with our family. We had a big family reunion. And there are just so many positives. Uh, money has never been a, a motivation in my life. But I've got money in the bank, and that you know they say money can't buy happiness, but it sure calms your nerves. <laughs> Did got you? a little security. I bought some land yesterday, the first time in my life. I'm just on cloud nine. I'm a landowner. That means I'm going to have to be on jury duty. <laughs> Electric bleachers for everybody. <laughs> There's another one. 
<laughs> See? You know where I get at least from my mom. Yeah. My mom Holly. is a little wildcat. Yeah. She is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> uh, she came in to kiss Winona goodnight one night, and she had on her little, uh, she calls her Nana, her little Nana bathrobe and her little scuffs and her Judd hat, ball cap pulled down over her eyes. <laughs> Did you ever doubt in your heart of hearts that you'd make it? Sure. Doubt it? Oh. Yeah. We're shocked. <laughs> no, seriously, because it, there were so many years that people don't know about of how you yeah. really pursued and yeah. with great conviction and great determination those years going back even to California and then coming back to Nashville and trying and, and going to record labels and going to producers and going to different people and trying to talk to almost everybody you knew to listen to the story yeah. that you had to tell. You've got to uh, you got to get up 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 off your duff and get out there and get it because uh, it's not going to come just knocking on your door. You know, the if the turn it falls up the truck. Somebody's got to get out and put it back on. And we have tried real hard uh, to chase our dreams. And now that that things are happening for us, to to look people straight in the eye and say, don't give us any excuses. You know, if you live in America and you got your health, you can do anything. There was a time in my life, actually, see, when I was 18, we started um, with RCA. There was a time in my life when, as a person, I didn't, I, I thought, you know, am I ever going to be happy? Am I ever going to make my family really proud of me? Am I ever going to be something someday? And, yeah, I went through all of those, and then the next thing I know, of course, we're on the road. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I've been going through some some personal weirdness lately of just trying to figure out exactly what all this means. and. I think sometimes, God, what if it, you know, what if mom hadn't been working as a nurse? What if I hadn't started playing guitar? And I think about that. But the more and more that we sing, it occurs to me that I know that God knows that I wouldn't be happy doing anything else. And it just seems to me that there is a reason for everything. And that may sound easy to say now that we're successful, but I can honestly say that, that musically I knew that we'd be doing I, ne I never knew it would be this big. Never knew it would be this industrial sized, but I knew that I'd be singing. So, who's been the most influential person in your life? Bubba, <laughs> her bodyguard just walked on the bus. Yeah. Bubba, my mama, my uh, mom. I was real lucky to have a mother that gave me unconditional love and a, a Christian home. And if a kid's got that, and I think that's why I'm such a gypsy today. I was born and raised in the house that we bought from my grandparents. I mean, we moved there when I was four, so I remember my actual grandparents, Sally Ellen and, and Ogden Judd, living in that house. And I have such a sense of, of belonging coming from a small town that enables me. See, I don't always know where I'm going, but I know where I come from. And my mom is still... Uh, always there for me. Well, because she's got your number. <laughs> yeah, she does, man. You might pull you know, me, but she can't pull her. I may be an adult, but she's still watching me for signs of improvement. Has the generation gap narrowed between you two? That's a good, you always ask good questions. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, Makes me think. There have been so many cultural influences. You've lived so many places. Mm -hmm. Moral Kentucky. The backwoods of Kentucky. Uh, the bus. Marin County in California, Los Angeles, uh, and so many influences on both your lives, and it had to have played some effect of where you've come from and where you are today. No question about it. We're all the sum total of all the experiences we've had in our life, and Winona and I've had a myriad of experiences because 
We have lived in so many of America's subcultures. We've lived in the hippie thing. We lived in Marin County with the hot tubs from Appalachia and all. And I think it's one reason why Winona and I are so bonded together. There are a lot of people that can't relate to the all the different hardships and all the different experiences that we've had together. Sometimes I want to hang out with her because a lot of other people don't simply don't understand me. What was the toughest adjustment you had to make, Winona? through all this? Having to make the decision to uh, whether I was going to do this with just completeness and, and openness and it's been real hard for me to to try to stay, it's kind of hard to explain, to stay sane and normal as far as what do people expect. There's, there's a part of us in everybody that wants to be the best they can be and be perfect and everything, but you have to be realistic and, and realize, I guess, your your boundaries. I've, I've had a real hard time with with myself, really. It's more personal than, than anything. Um, is Winona Judd going to let the world see the real her? Am I going to be, um, you know, a closed person? Or am I going to give it my all? Am I going to just be me and do everything the way I would normally do it, in other words? That's, that's a real hard decision to make to, to let people know you and how much of you you allow people to know. Yeah, see, we don't know what, you don't ever get prepared for this. We learn every day. I think people look at us and expect us that, that we were born stars and all that. We're, we're, doing. we're normal people and every day is a learning experience for us. And just when we feel like we've learned how to do an interview, uh, somebody gives us a question that we've never actually thought out before. And I sit and listen to her give her answers, and I, I'm, I'm constantly surprised. What's the biggest challenge the Judds have now? Well, my biggest challenge, and it goes back to the, the answer that I just gave about whether or not to, to want to take our music you know, to the ends of the earth, how much of this music business is, is you know, in, in my life. Am I going to ever have a normal life? I don't know, but I'm sure going to try. I want to have kids, you know, I want to have a normal life too. I want to have a home and, and do things like everybody else in my family. And also I want everything that the music business has to offer. So it's kind of hard learning how to, to have the best of both worlds. Yeah, I constantly feel the challenge to be a mother because Ashley's going to go to France to school this year and I just spent time with her and Winona always has her needs from me too and and uh, I've got to be a good daughter to my own parents and I'm, I'm wearing an awful lot of hats right now. I've got a boyfriend that, that gets lonely back home and but my main responsibility right now is... Uh, the music. Yeah, I mean our fans, you yeah. know, and, and our schedule is just incredible it's so demanding right now and trying to trying to get it all in well we talked about music before let's talk about some of the other things the greatest hits album will be out soon among which is the current single give a little love yeah but what are you working on for the future more jet stuff really have you so cut anything with don yeah. and brent yet We've got five songs cut. Uh, we're having the time of our lives because we're on the stage doing live shows, looking in, in real people's faces, and then we go home to the studio and our other favorite place in the whole universe to be, creating music out of nothing, being in that dark studio where we forget if it's day and night or winter or summer and forget to eat, just creating Judd music. Your album, Heartland, congratulations, just went platinum. Yes. It's hard to know that, realize that there really are a million people out there listening. That's really weird. 
It's yeah. hard to really they, sometimes. They say diamonds are a girl's best friend. Platinum is the judge's best <laughs> <laughs> friend because that means to us that people accept us, and we all need we all need that acceptance. Uh, quick comment on a couple of songs, okay, and then. Some of the great songs of the Judds, which everybody is so familiar with and love, that you do night in and night out. I guess the one that is the quintessential Judd song that will always be sung is Mama, He's Crazy. Well, that was our first. Like Wynonna was saying, you, you never forget your first, your first love, your first kiss, your first job. Uh, Mama, He's Crazy, of course, is semi-autobiographical. And uh, every night when she sings that to me, it's a real special shared moment for the two of us on stage. Turn It Loose from the recent album Heartland should be should really be the title of a tour because that describes the, you guys perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love to watch people at our show. I must say that the more people let loose, I the, the more I let loose. I'm that kind of a performer. And that's exactly what the theme of our show is, because these people work their butts off all week long. They have bills. They have problems. We all do. But that one hour, just, it's like, shut up and dance. You know, I saw a button the other day that said that, and that's, that's kind of our theme. So Yeah, we, we know that when they plunk down that hard-earned dollar to, to pay for our concert tickets, uh, we all have our problems and everything. But forget about the, the problems. You know, when you come to a show and just for one hour sit back and, and uh, turn it loose. I must say, of all the songs you've ever done, my personal pick would be an out-of-the-blue thing because it's a song which I can identify and every person in the world identifies with because that's what your music is. It's universal. The song which is very close to you because of Hazel and Alice and Emmylou Harris, which you include on the album, called The Sweetest Gift a Mother's Smile. Yes, my mom. She'll definitely say that's her favorite. We we learned, you know, to sing to my mother back in what was it, honey, seventy nine or something for Mother's Day. That was the first song we ever learned. Was that not the audition song too for Joe Galanti at RCA? Yep, mm-hmm. we're talking a lot of first with that song, so it'll go down in in our minds as uh, the very beginning, the first step on this long journey. You know something? There's another one that Y has to identify with, which is everybody's favorite called Maybe Your Baby's Got the Blues. I think every woman has felt this. Well, I love singing to to everybody. It's nice to look out and see five-year-olds dancing and grandpas sitting there beaming, you know. And But I must say the women, um, I can certainly, even though I'm Winona Judd, Naomi Judd's daughter, I'm on TV, people think that my life is perfect maybe you know but there are days when even I have the blues it's just a part of every we may be from different cultures we may not know each other's languages but everybody's got a heart you know and everybody has the same true human emotion I say to my boyfriend all the time he'll say what's the matter and I say oh nothing jerk nose you know (laughs) leave me alone and what I really want him to do is to take me in his arms and I don't want him to go out and leave me alone I want attention you know I want to figure (laughs) out I want to solve whatever's getting to me one song which I'll bet you almost have to lose it when you hear it, when you do it on stage, is Grandpa, the famous Jamie O'Hara song. The most requested song of all. Absolutely. I tell you what's been exciting for us is to, it's bridged the gap between the young and the old so much more than anything um, else we've ever done because a lot of kids don't know their family. And that's, I've been starting to talk that way on stage about that song because kids don't know their grandparents anymore. It seems like kids just don't, they don't appreciate until it's not there. And then they think, gosh, I wish I had known my grandfather. That's what we're trying to do is get people to listen and pay attention and maybe think 
you know, about what's all we have is each other. That's it. Last song. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say one thing. These are the good old days, by the way. They are. Your life is what you make it. Don't be pining away thinking about the good old days. Live it right, right now. Girls' night out. Last one. Da, 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 da. That's what we're getting ready to do, Lee. All those of <laughs> out there who don't have dates on Friday night because all those jerk noses are out trying to be cool, and uh, the ones that are left sitting at home, what do they do? They get together. And, yeah. Uh, I love my girlfriends. Yeah, I think us women are each other's psychiatrists, and I've always just cherished my my girlfriends so much. And this is kind of the universal uh, anthem of women on a a night out together. <laughs> Naomi Winona, thanks for the catching up. You're ready to go on stage. Always fun to be with you. Wherever we catch up with you, hope to see you again soon. I know we will sometime this summer. Have you got a pair of pantyhose I can borrow? <laughs> in a size small. I just got to run in mine. <laughs> so there you have it. Our conversations with the Judds, Naomi and Winona. Naomi may be gone, but will never be forgotten. It's been said there's nothing like family harmonies. The sound, the blend, all that and more. Remarkable. Next week on Country Music Conversations, my guest will be Garth Brooks. Until then, stay safe and keep it country. <laughs>